Welcome to While Doing Laundry, a podcast for parents with mountains of laundry and a heart for change. I'm your host, Emily Edwards, and I'll be your guide on this weekly ethical exploration of parenthood. I'm a nurse, a mom, and a fierce advocate for choice. When I became a parent, I quickly realized I had overestimated how much I knew about anything that actually mattered and underestimated the sheer volume of laundry I would have to deal with. So if you're anything like me, I'm ready to challenge those old beliefs, learn new ways to view the world, and finally feel like you're embracing the massive, messy transformation that is parenthood, don't go anywhere. Grab your laundry basket and some earbuds, and let's get started listening to this week's episode. Hey, welcome back to While Doing Laundry. I hope you have a giant pile of clothes because this week we are going to be talking about a very important topic, and that is how do you know if something is patient-centered and in your best interest, and how do you go about advocating for yourself if it's not? This episode is going to be a little ranty because it was inspired by a recent announcement I heard. I am so happy that someone alerted me to the most recent fresh pile of nonsense that came from QHC hospitals in the beautiful Bay of Quinte region. So, Their hospital in Belleville, so Belleville General Hospital or the QHC Belleville site, is where local people in that region go to have their babies. That is the spot. So I didn't even realize this, but apparently they have just allowed care partners of maternity patients can now be in the hospital from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. prior to three days ago or whenever, you know, that this change happened, and perhaps this announcement came a couple days after the actual change happened. This is on Facebook, or sorry, this post was on Instagram. But prior to that, they had been limiting care partners to the hours of 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for people who are giving birth and who have just given birth. Let us unpack this, because... As I look through the comments in the community comments, be it on Facebook or on Instagram for this particular post, there are so many families celebrating. They are seeing this as a bonus, as a positive. I can appreciate how it would feel that way. I'm here to break down what they're actually doing today. Even advertise or sharing it in this way, it is gaslighting people. They are tricking people into feeling that this is generous and this is lovely and they should be grateful. And people are eating it up when in fact they have the right to have a care partner with them their entire stay. There is, there's so much wrong with this on so many levels, but we'll start with it's just plain old violating that individual's rights to have that continuous support. And I'm not talking about continuous labor support because as as listeners, you have likely given birth in some way, shape, or form and can appreciate 
the fact that having your care partner with you, so when we use the term care partner, that could be you know a spouse or the another biological parent of the child. That care partner could be a friend. It could be a hired individual. That for the sake of this discussion and argument, I'm talking specifically about that one person. So discussing a, getting more support people present for you is a discussion we certainly can have. But this is really focused on have, helping people get access to that one person around the clock. The fact is this this policy, which again has not been shared publicly other than the hours that the actual policy document has not been shared, is not okay. They cannot say that to someone who has just had a child. This is Again, I'm, I'm trying to break this down in a logical way, but I think right from the get-go, a lot of people, again, don't realize what their rights are within the hospital setting when it comes to giving birth and demanding your needs. And I also know that there's a long, crazy, confusing history in that area around alternative choices, birth workers, midwives, and anything that is outside of the box when it comes to their maternity system there. So... Again, I can see how there's a lot of different challenges. But what I, I want to highlight is the other piece that not only is this potentially, it's, it's harmful uh, to separate families or separate individuals from their support person during this time, it is also putting Black, Indigenous, people of color who are giving birth in this hospital, it's putting them at an extremely elevated risk because we already know based on the wonderful research of people like Cheyenne Scarlett that black women giving birth and we will extend that to you know the BIPOC group as a whole we know that there is fear we know that there is mistreatment but we also know that is lessened when they have a support person present so by Refusing to allow someone to have their support person with them, you are directly placing this group at a higher risk for patient abuse or mistreatment and ultimately death. And that is the part that we need to really talk about big, big picture. Because in maternity care, uh, reproductive health, sexual health, whatever we want to call it today, we know that these issues and not listening to the needs of patients is common practice and commonplace. We know when you have a support person present, there is less there is less of a chance for certain things to happen to you because there is a support person there. We also know it happens when <laughs> when you have support. But the idea is when you isolate someone so severely with a policy that makes zero sense, you're setting them up for a traumatic experience and again, potentially serious complications because what happens when someone can't advocate for themselves? Nurses won't listen to you because they are busy, because there are no support people on the floor to help brand new families start to learn how to feed their babies and bond and hold and wrap. We know this time requires many hands to make this transition smooth. So that is the general reason why I'm just ticked that they're, they're 
keeping this option or making people feel as if this option is not there. The second reason is because it makes absolutely no goddamn sense. This hospital is located within a green zone right now, which is amazing. That region has overall kept their numbers very low. And to my knowledge, there has been no concerns about any COVID outbreaks um, originating from the, their labor and delivery area. If you know other information regarding that, please send it my way. But to my understanding, it has been all good. So we're in a green zone, which means community transmission is low, overall numbers are okay. Again, I, as a nurse, I have worked in long-term care. I was in long-term care at the time that all of COVID started happening. I am not here to make arguments or diminish or demean the risk of spread and transmission. I am not saying that all policies in place that limit caregivers or support in certain scenarios um, are bad or um, are damaging. I should, I do believe pretty much any time we can't allow a support person to be with another individual, it is going, you're opening the door up for damage and harm. But again, I understand there are different environments that are riskier than others. So coming back to to this particular hospital and this particular labor unit, they are at very low risk. However, let's think about this. They are actually increasing risk to every single person on that floor by in enforcing this policy or the eight to eight policy, whichever one. You are forcing people to, who have come into the hospital, who have screened, who have stayed there all day, to then leave, go down the elevator, walk through, again, whichever department they need to leave the main hospital, then go home, do God knows what for 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., and then they're going to come back, go through the screening process, go through those same environments, up the elevator, pressing all the buttons, and then they arrive on the top floor to spend the day there. What? If you had supported the family, this is what it would have looked like. Family comes in together. They are screened. Person has a baby. And they stay on that floor until they leave as a family. There's no in and outs at the hospital. There's no coming and going. It, you eliminate that and you then provide 24-hour support for the person who has just given birth. It is that simple. That is what is needed. Again, from an infection control standpoint and all of that stuff, we just I just walked you through it. This, this policy makes no sense and does not have any evidence to support it. So now that we know that, again, the policy is ridiculous, we're coming to what the hell do you do about it? Number one, if you are pregnant right now and are planning to give birth at QHC, my suggestion is to request a copy of the policy. It'll be hard to get. They probably won't want to part with it and they'll likely tell you no. Step two, it would then be clearly communicating with the hospital that you do not agree with this policy and that you feel that it would have, it would damage your family, potentially harm your family or whatever you are feeling regarding the policy which then looking at comments, I can see families are already feeling relieved by having a little bit more time. 
can we just, again, stop forcing them to stress and allow them all the time? So communicate, let the hospital know you're not happy. And also, then step three is contact a healthcare attorney. I am happy to provide uh, some really good resources here because what they are doing is not allowed. And by working with a healthcare attorney, you will be able to navigate this and force them to meet your needs. There are in-betweens there. I am a big believer as well. And if you're going to be delivering soon, just say no. Don't leave. It is so critical that as consumers of healthcare, we drive the care, arguing with the floor nurses. They can cross their arms, they can tell you anything. You can politely and respectfully say, this policy, or I feel that this policy is placing me in direct harm and I do not feel safe to have my care partner leave. I want to speak to your charge nurse. I want to speak to your nurse manager. I want to speak to the hospital's attorney. Those are the three individuals you request to speak to. You do not have to follow the orders or instructions of your staff nurse. So again, if your care partner is there and they say, okay, tap on the watch, it is 10 p.m., time to go home. Then you have prior to this moment said all along, you need full 24 hour care. It is not surprising to them that you have expressed this. They may have told you all along, well, they're still gonna have to go at 10. But at that time, you can say, I do not feel safe and I do not, I cannot have my care partner leave. I will not have them leave until I can discuss this with leadership. Honestly, I would push for specifically the, the team lead, the nurse manager, and then just say no. The, they can't give you the answer you want, which is to allow your part, care partner to remain there for the full 24 hours overnight care you need to push to speak to the actual decision makers. Because as we know, the staff, nurse the staff nurses are not the ones who made the policy. And they'll tell you that. And they'll say, I'm the one who has to enforce it. Fair enough, if people will listen to that. But you now have the knowledge that you can ask for more. You can ask for different. You can ask for better. And if you do not feel safe with someone leaving, they don't have to leave. This, again, could cause, I can only imagine, the, the uproar, the threats, the manipulation that would happen if you do this. I, I am not advising, again, this is your only option, but I can tell you when I planned to give birth in that, that space, uh, my husband was given very clear instructions about what he was to do to protect me. And that was to accept a code white being called on him to have security come and potentially remove him from the birth space in order to protect my space. His job was to keep me safe. And he was, he knew what he had to do. 
that included all sorts of things, but he knew my needs. And I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted him anywhere else but there. And so this is why I'm telling you, if you are giving birth at QHC anytime soon, you do not need to accept this really violating, harmful policy that has obviously been in place or put in place without much thought about the legalities and the, the human rights of individuals who come to use their services. So definitely if this episode has triggered something for you and you want different and you don't want to accept that really poorly thought out policy, reach out you can always email me at emily at thegoodbirthco.com. Book a consult or book a discovery call. I can help you care plan far before you ever face this challenge. If you are earlier on in your pregnancy and definitely reach out if you're imminently giving birth anytime soon and you're wanting some very quick tips on how to make this happen. We cannot make this better if we do not start standing up. Staff nurses feel as if their hands are tied by policy and by the influences that come from above them and the power structures that hold them accountable. The wonderful thing about you as a healthcare consumer, as the patient, you have so much power to drive your own care and tell them exactly what you need and exactly how you need it. So I will see you next week. Bring your laundry and hopefully a little bit of angst, a little bit of rage because we are changing the system. We are changing the culture of care and it is going to happen one person at a time. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to While Doing Laundry. I hope you're feeling enlightened and your own pile of clothing is a little bit smaller. If you love what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you hit subscribe and left a quick rating and review so more people just like you can explore parenthood while doing laundry.